It truly is a blessing to have you with me as we are entering into a, a series I believe that is going to be uh, life-changing. You know, so many people pray and pray, and I'm going to be gut honest with you, gut level honest with you. You know, the reason I started the church that we have of a Christian center uh, decades ago is because, to be quite honest with you, uh, so many times I would see, and I know I was an elder in a certain church, denominational church, and people love God, and we would pray, but I'll be honest with you, we did not see the answers that the Bible says that we should see. And, and I told the pastor, I said, man, I love you, but man, something's not right. You know, I, I was 22 years old, and he made me an elder, and uh, you know, but every time we prayed, it just didn't seem to work. You know what I'm saying? People got worse rather than better. Most people died that we prayed for. I'm not here to play church. I know this is strong starting out this series like this, but I need to share my heart from the beginning. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I keep statistics on everything in a good way. You know, we have a counseling center. You know, it's, it's, honestly, we deal with uh, children that have been sexually abused and trafficked. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, the, because of Jesus, just because of Jesus, our success rate is really, really high. And in the context of, uh, you know, we have healing services. In the context of our healing services, I, I keep track, you know, how many people were healed of that service. And uh, just our success rate. A lot of churches don't do that. I don't know why. But uh, so I grew up, you know, in, in a church where I, I became an elder and uh, as a young Christian. And uh, it just didn't seem to work. And then I went to another church and it was better. But I said, God, I, we've got to enter in. I, I know I'm missing it somehow because it, it's not the Bible way. And uh, I, I can honestly tell you that, uh, you know, we have the reason. We've had people come from all over the United States to our healing services. And uh, the reason is because of reality happening in the context of real honest healings. I mean, blind seeing, cancer healed, you know, uh, on and on. And so I want to share with you what I believe is so incredibly important in the context of answered prayer. And, uh, oh, man, I believe it's going to change your life. Uh, again, I know that's strong the way I'm starting it out, but I need you to know my heart. I don't do things just to do them. I do things because there's a need to do it. And I'm going to be honest with you. Most people in churches, there's 50 people at a large church of 10,000. I'm going to be honest with you. The definite majority of them, they don't get healed. Like it or not. I'm talking statistically. And we need to do better. And, you know, I was telling somebody, you know, I have a real high, act, you know, in getting people out of comas. You know, a lady called from uh, her, well, her uh, son got, in a, he was a boxer and got, he was in a coma from boxing. And uh, she called me, she lived down south in uh, North Carolina, but, there, you know, the son was in Boston. But, she, you know, but she said, I heard that, you know, you have a high success level in this area. I said, ma'am, I, I do. Well, Jesus does. But see, Jesus has a high success level in every area. And, we, and if we're connected to him, if he's in us, if he's in control of us, then the works that he did, you know, we, sh we should do also. It's not just enough to say, I believe the verse. We need to enter into what we believe. We, we need to 
desperately to do that. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. So, so, so that's my heart. I'm gut level with you. And uh, I, I believe that this is how I went to God. When I was a young Christian, and I believe as someone as a man been in the you know healing ministry, someone as a teacher in the body of Christ, a pastor, I can honestly share with you that this works, and this is what makes it work. Glory to God. I remember John G. Lake. Someone said, "How did he become such a, a strong minister of the gospel?" Well, you know, he's someone that I mean, he prayed for someone without legs, and legs appeared, and so so many miracles like that. Well. When he was growing up, a lot of his siblings died of sickness and disease. And he went to God and said, God, are you really the same as you are now, as you were, you know, when you walked there 2,000 years ago? If something's not working for you, don't pretend like it is. Go to God. Get wisdom on it, man, and find out how it works. Amen. Glory to God. So, man, I know this is strong out of the gate. But I need to tell you why we're doing things, not just what we're doing. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So uh, we're entering in the praying through God's heart. We're going to elaborate on in our first session on what that entails. And, but it's the key to answered, answered prayer. Glory to God. Uh, you know, wisdom, the Bible says, is the most important thing there is. You know, you can... Want something, but if you don't enter into the wisdom of how to receive it, it's not going to work. You know, uh, you can have faith in your heart, just like you can have a million dollars in the bank. But if you don't know how to release your faith, God, to you something, just like if you never know how to access your accounts of a million dollars in the bank, you, you can die homeless. You can die of hunger. So, so, there's an, so we're going to enter into how to enter into faith, the, obtaining faith through the Spirit of God, and, and then how to release our faith. And I, I, it's an exciting study, and I, I just really appreciate you taking time to invest your time into this series. I, it's going to be life-changing. Now, it's going to be meat. It's not milk. It's not something you can just drink real quick. Uh, I teach, you know, I, I really, I, I, I teach meat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, it takes time to digest. Glory to God. But I tell you what, the meat will produce energy in you and life that, that, that milk can't do. It, it just can't do it. All right? But if you're a younger Christian, I'll make it a palatable as well to you to where, you know, understanding will come as well through the Spirit of God. For he's the only one that can give revelation. All right. So, again, I want to emphasize you know, it's so important to enter into wisdom. James 5.16, it says, uh, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice there's three variables there. But the first one is the effectual prayer. If you're praying, you need fervency. You, you need love to say, I need this to come to pass, right? But And you need to understand that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. But you also need to pray effectively. You know what? You can pray fervently and say, you know, yeah, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. But if it doesn't have an effect, if it doesn't work, if the people that you're praying for have cancer, if they don't come off of stretchers, if you're the blind that you're praying for and they don't get their eyes open, if the deaf don't get their ears open, if the crippled don't walk, well, you know what? Then it's not effective. So we need to enter in to that which causes fervency, 
that which causes us to understand with the righteousness of God in Christ, and that includes the our being born, our born again spirit, also living right. And and then what causes prayer to be effective? So that's that's the wisdom we're going to enter into, and I believe it's going to change our life. All right, glory to God. Now, praying through God's heart is a synonym for seeing the heart of God, for seeing the will of God. And, and knowing that God wants to answer your prayer more than you have a need for him to answer. Now, that's really, really strong. Uh, again, I will say, when you enter into praying through God's heart, you see that he has a need to answer your prayer even more than you have a need for it to be answered. And, and see, it's one thing to pray. It's the one thing to want uh, our desire. But, uh, you know, I'm going to share something with you that's strong. If when you pray... You can do without what you're praying for. Most likely you will. See, there is a need aspect of prayer, but then there is the, the wisdom in that context to, to make it work. Glory to God. And I've shared this before, the four E's. You know, expectation produces excitement, which produces effort, glory to God, which produces effect. But we need to be expected. We're going to share on that when we get to the end of this session. All right. So praying through the heart of God. You know, we're not praying through religious prayers. We're not praying through uh, natural formulas. We're not praying through emotion. We're not praying through anything except the very heart of the living God. And, and what I just shared will become, uh, you, you'll see it more observable as we enter into this teaching. All right. So first of all, you need to know that, that what you're praying for is the will of God. Someone's, you know, prays, if it be thy will. No, no, that, that, that is a prayer of unbelief. Jesus never ever, 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 ever prayed that way. Now, if you're praying a prayer of consecrations, there's at least eight different types of prayer. We're talking about the prayer to change things, the prayer of faith. Now, if you pray a prayer of consecration, you have to pray it with an if. Lord, if you want me to go here, I'll go here. If you want me to do this, I'll do this. But in praying to change things, you cannot use that phrase, if it be thy will. Again, I told you about the church I was in. I was an elder. That's what we would close every prayer with. You know, we'd pray for the sick and if it be thy will, you know. No, that is, honestly, it is it is that will take you it will take you out of the agreement that, that God needs from you and it'll take you out of agreement with God God isn't saying did Jesus ever prayed when, when somebody came up to him that was blind if it be thy will did he ever pray when some when Lazarus was dead he said come forth if it be thy will when, when the little girl died and then he prayed he said Talitha Kuma say to you arise if, he didn't say add if it be thy will Luke 7 15 when the widow's son the only son of a, a widow woman died Luke 7 15 he touched her briar and said come forth he didn't say if it be thy will Jesus never prayed that way so why would we pray that way the, the, you have to know the will of God I'll never forget years ago, well, before we started church, uh, my wife and I were in campus ministry, which I believe in. And, uh, and, and a young lady came to us. Uh, she was a single mom. <clears throat> she was in her mid-20s. And uh, she just started uh, college. <clears throat> and she said, you know what? I, my, my, I was a molested, she said, when I uh, was about five, six years old. And I was molested many times after. And she said, now I have a little girl. And, uh, you know, she's four years old. And I just have this, I, I, I fear that 
she's going to be molested. And she said, you know, I went to every church in, in this area and, and beyond. And I just asked every pastor and the pastor's wife, can I know that I know that my child will never be molested? And you know, I, I, out of the dozen churches I asked, not one of them could unequivocally say I can guarantee you, because you're under covenant, this will not happen. Now, you get that under covenant and, you know, and give the devil an open door, yeah, curse can come. But I told her, I said, as long as you're doing the best you can, you're not perfect. As long as you're doing the best you can. And just thanking God for his love, that he's your father. I said, what good father that has the ability to keep their children from being molested would let them be molested? And I said, Absolutely. It is the will of God that she is never, ever touched. And she said, okay. And, uh, you know, and, and Jesus changed her life, took her from fear to faith. And, and that little girl's now growing up and never touched glory to God. You know, we love Psalm 91 so much because 21 times, in Psalm 91, uh, you know, the Psalm of Protection and, and oh, such glory, such glory. 21 times God says, I will. He doesn't say it once. He says 21 times in different ways, but he says, I will protect you. I will keep you under the shadow of my wings. I will be a shield unto you. I will make sure that my angels give charge over you. And so you're not touched by the enemy. I will, I will, I will. 21 times. Even in the prayer of faith in James 5 that we just read, you know, it says the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Glory to God. There's an I will for each member of the Trinity. Glory to God. God's word is his will and testament. Glory to God. I will. You know, glory to God. So it is imperative that if we're going to pray through God's heart, we, need, we know the will of God. Man, it is, it's imperative. Amen. I can't pray believing if I don't know what God's will is. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, a lot of the church is starting to, to see that. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You know, uh, we're going to look in depth in, in Mark 141, the story of the leper. The leper came to Jesus and said, man, I know that you can, but are you willing and see, that's the question so many people have. I want that question settled in, 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 your, in your mind today. You say, well, I, I saw somebody that, that loved God and they died, you know, of this. Or someone loved God, they were in an accident. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. But I'm here to tell you something. Jesus Christ is who he is. Jesus Christ is, he is the I am. He says, I am. I am stands for almighty God. When Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Man, they took up stones to kill him in John 8, 58. Because they knew he was making himself out to be God. I am means I am God. Oh, man. And, and, and so he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Yahweh Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that protects you. I am the Lord that blesses you. I am the Lord that gives you favor. I am the God who is your father. I am the victory in your life. I am the spirit of grace. I am the spirit of victory. I am the spirit of life. Glory to God on and on. And so this is the beginning. Hallelujah. But we have to go further than that. See what I want you to see it's just not knowing that God wants to, but to the degree that he wants to. 
That's what this series is all about. Yet it will cause you to know the will of God as never before. But this series is rooted in the revelation of the degree that he needs to have your needs met. Oh, glory to God. See, you can do the right thing, but you have to do it in the right way. See, I, I can quote the right scriptures, and I'm all for quoting scriptures. I, I believe in the word of faith. But I'm here to tell you something. You can quote scriptures and die. Someone says, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying this. You have to sow to a, with a view to righteousness. You, you can say, okay, I, by straps, I'm healed. But when, are you saying it with expectation? We're going to share in this. Faith without expectation is, is, is like, you know, hydrogen without oxygen. It's, it's not going to produce water. You know, in Philippians 1, it tells us, Paul said, I believe according my faith and expectation. H2O, man, they go together, right? Hydrogen and oxygen, they produce water. Faith and expectation produces results. If you say, yeah, I believe, that's wonderful. But you have to expect. Intrinsic to real faith is expectation. Glory to God. So we're going to look into that. See, this series is to cause you to enter into the wisdom of expectation, which is a necessity for manifestation. I'm going to say that again. This series is to teach you in the context of God's wisdom to enter into expectation, which is a prerequisite for manifestation. Glory to God. Again, the scripture emphatically says, according to my faith and expectation. All right? So that in itself is wisdom that is so necessary. Glory to God. I, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting down gut level with you. I'm not here to play church. You know, I, I work with people with four-stage cancer every day. I have a center where we only take the worst of the worst cases. Kids that have been raped, man, they're five years old. They've been trafficked since they've been two years old. There, there is no hope. They've been traumatized. There's no hope, man. Or someone's 16, they've been trafficked for 10 years. But we've got success, a very, very, very high success level. Why? Because Jesus is who he said he is. Because Jesus brings us into a place of faith and expectation. I have never seen the Holy Ghost not move that bring deliverance. The one of these kids have been traumatized through traffic, been trafficked or abused. I've never seen God not moved. You see, this is what we need to enter into. Rather than looking at the mountain, we look at the mountain mover, glory to God. And we cry out as Zerubbabel of old, glory. Glory to God. In Zechariah 4, 6, we cry, out, glory to God, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says Lord. We cry grace. We cry out grace. Oh, man, this is a message of grace. Oh, glory to God. All right. Oh, this is the introduction. Okay, but I, I want to give you a few examples before we look at uh, Mark 141. In our naturalness, we're all human. The, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 that this, the, the glory is in earthen vessels that we might know that the glory is of him and not of ourselves. And certainly we can know that through being in these earthen vessels. It is so easy, so natural to minimize who God is. To minimize. You know, I, I have people all the time coming up to say to me, pastors, you know, I, you teach about Christ and you the hope of glory as if Jesus himself is in you in fullness in, in an amazing way. It's like Jesus, the desires of Jesus are in you just like they were in him. I said, absolutely. 
And they said, well, don't you know the crust in Colossians 1.27 is a little crust? And I always say, when did he shrink? I never read in the Bible that, you, that the, the Christ shrunk. Glory to God. He is the same today inside of you, the hope of glory that he was when he walked the earth 2,000 years ago. Glory to God. He'll be, oh, glory the same tomorrow because he doesn't change. He is the God of glory. Oh, Jesus. Many of you listening to my voice now, it's because you have a hunger for the glory of God. All right. So he's not a little Christ. Glory to Jesus. Let's go... Uh, but religion, you know, man, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. And religion tells you that you're a worm. Man, I, I never read in the, in the New Testament that, 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 you know, Paul wrote to the worms that were in Colossae, the worms in Thessalonica, the worms in Rome. No, he, he, he wrote to saints, those who were blood washed, those who were righteous through the blood. Glory to God. Mm, all right. Uh, go with me, hallelujah, to uh, Mark 141. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. As you're turning there, I want to share two testimonies that changed my life in the context of helping me see the desire, the desire of God. See, it's one thing again to say, yeah, I know God wants that. But we're talking about entering to seeing how much he wants it. And he wants it infinitely. I'll never forget, I was ministering to a young man. Uh, he was a grandson of a pastor. In, in a church in central Pennsylvania. He was in sexual sin with his girlfriend in fornication. And uh, he didn't want to be there. I could tell that from the, ons, and from the start. I shared with him every verse I knew in that context. And I was just, I, I was frustrated. I know the word didn't come back void. But I, but I, I, I was about to end it. And uh, I, I looked over. I, I was sitting on the altar he was sitting in the front pew of his grandfather's church. I looked to my left, and I saw the face of Jesus. I knew it was the face of Jesus, but his face was contorted. It was like he was in pain, and I thought, what on earth? Then the Lord spoke to me, the Holy Ghost, and said, well, that, that's his response to this young man's sin. I, I wish I could tell you, I mean, I, I worked with kids that, you know, had seizures, you know, when I, I, I taught high school and did homebound. And it's, man, when someone, I mean, he, he was hurt. It was like he, he, he was so contorted. He was in such pain. And I never said anything to the young men, uh, you know, because they, you know, they have to pick it up. And, and almost instantly, he, he took off from the, where he was sitting and just knelt down. In front of where the face of Jesus was in that contorted fashion. And he gave his life to Jesus in a way that was just amazing. And he's walking with Jesus today. Well, I believe the face of Jesus changed from that contorted fashion. Glory to God. To Hallelujah. Smile on his face. Glory to God. But you see, we need to see the degree of what our sins does to God. We need to see the degree that God wants us to be blessed. Man, I, I, I heard a testimony of a, a young girl. She was, a, a, again, um, a college student because we were involved in campus ministry, my wife and I, for many years. And uh, she, she shared that at the beginning of uh, the first semester, in the beginning of September, she made a vow to God that she would meet with him. She had a class that went from uh, uh, 11 o'clock to 12.15, and she ate lunch at 1 o'clock. And then our another class, I believe, was at, at 1.30. And she said, for that 45 minutes, Lord, I'm just going to meet with you, uh, you know, at, at this place, you know, in, in the chapel. And I'm, I'm going to meet with you. 
And you know, as things happen, I mean, she got busy and she, she did not make a, you know, follow through with her commitment. And she had a vision. She had a vision. And, uh, and in the vision, she saw Jesus at the very spot where she said she was going to meet him at. Every day he showed up. But the whole semester she didn't come. But you see, he so much wanted to be with her. He took her at, at her word. It, it, it broke her heart. And man, she was never the same. Jesus runs to you. Jesus wants to be with you. It's not a religious deal. It's a relationship uh, that's, uh, that's infinite. Glory to God. All right. Mark 141. In Mark chapter 1 verse 141. Well, let's start with verse 40. It said, There came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If you want to, you can make me clean. If you want to. I know that you can, but if you want to. Lord, do you want to? And Jesus moved with compassion. Again, the word for compassion in the Greek means to take upon yourself the pain of the one in need of wholeness. Wow. He's moved with compassion. And he did something that was amazing. He just didn't say, be cleansed. The Bible says he touched him. He put his hand right in the midst of his leprosy. Obviously, it was contagious. He could have contracted had his divinity not superseded the, the reality of it being contagious. And he said, after he put his hand in the midst of his leprosy, he said, I'm willing. And as soon as he had, then he spoke and immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. But see, what I want you to see, it wasn't just that God was willing. It was the God that was so willing. Mm. It wasn't just that God just loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I just sense the anointing of God. If we could only see the degree in which God wants us to enter into. All right. Now, what I want you to see is that mm, you don't have to bring God down. Go, go to Romans 10. I'm going to get real personal with you. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Because I really do hunger for God. I found myself for years, honestly, doing what this scripture said I shouldn't do. In Romans 10, it says, but the righteous, verse 6, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks this wise. See not in your heart who shall ascend to heaven that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring him up Christ again from the dead. But what says it? The word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess thy, with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and you will not be disappointed or ashamed. You know, in my fervency, which is part of James 5, 16 we looked at, you know, I would go with God with fasting, and it was like, God, God, give me faith. God, give me faith. It was, it was like almost through my hunger, I was saying, God, I deserve you to move because, you know what? 
I'm fasting more than somebody else. I I deserve you to move in my life because, Lord, don't you see how hungry I'm at? And that that, hunger is good. We have a part to play. And don't don't misunderstand me. But you see, I got out of balance. I thought my seeking God with fervency was the reason he was going to move. And can I tell you something? He doesn't move. Because we want him to move. He moves because it's in his heart to move. Now, I, that, that might not be clear to some people. But you see, I didn't have to try to bring Jesus down through my, I believe in fasting. Fasting isn't to bring Jesus down. It's to bring you in a place of agreement where you see by grace you receive and, and not by bringing them down. And, and, and let me give you a simple example. You know, uh, you know, I, I love basketball. When I was in high school, I played basketball. I love sports. I, I ran uh, in, in, in high school and in, in college, and I ran marathons, whole deal. I love sports, and uh, and I, I was thinking, you know, you know, it's amazing. Even most athletes, even if they're not walking with Jesus, a lot of times, if like, like um, you know, they will tell just how. They did well because they had a gift of God. I, I was, you know, and some Christian, and some people are Christians and getting and share because they give all the glory to God. I was thinking of Michael Jordan, who's arguably one, maybe the best basketball player that's ever played. You know, when he went into the pros, he, he came from the University of North Carolina. His three point shooting, you know, wasn't wasn't that good. And but you know, he he shot and shot and practiced and practiced and practiced. But you see, the reason he did is because he knew he was endowed with the ability that if he cultivated the ability, just in a reasonable fashion, that ability that he was endowed with would begin to show up and come to light. See, I don't have to fight to get faith. First of all, it's already a part of my DNA because it's been given unto me through the new birth, according to Romans 12.3. I have a measure of faith that created the universe. I have, I have the faith of Jesus Christ is in me. See, I'm endowed with it. I don't have to go to God, give me faith, give me faith, give me faith. Most Christians, honestly, I have so many Christians come up to me, Pastor, pray that I can receive faith. Pray that God will give me faith. The bottom line, he's already given us faith. He's endowed us with us. So, see, he's running to us and saying, look at Look at me, look at me. The faith in me I put in you. Man, just shoot some hoops until, you know, like Michael did, Jordan did, until, man, what's in you starts to be cultivated and manifested. Not in an unreasonable way where you have to fast 40 days every, you know, three months. But in, in, in a way, glory to Jesus. Oh, man, that it's there. See, it's there. Glory to God. He, he, he ran to me through Calvary. And he runs to me through the Spirit of God in me. And he says, Michael, come to me. Let us get in the Word together. And, and let me just, oh man, just let, the, let me be the cultivator. Jesus says, I am the author and the perfecter of their faith. The Father's excited that the blood's been shed. The faith has been given. Woo, glory. And now, hallelujah, we're in a place where God has run to us through Jesus. And now he's running to us now because he's so excited. 
added because the Spirit of God is in us to help us cultivate the faith of God under doing the works that Jesus did, walking in freedom from, from familiar sin, from the curse of the law, under the victory that God's ordained. Does it make a difference? When you see God running to you, having run to you, through the blood of his son, and now running to you again, so you can cultivate, even through him, glory to God, the fruits that has been made available to you, amen, through the blood that's been shed. It makes all the difference in the world. So many Christians spend their lives trying to get something that's already been given. Man, we're running with wind at our back, not against the wind. Oh, Jesus, you know, you take the prodigal, you know, there's so much on the heart of God. You know, let's go to the prodigal son in Luke 16. Oh, Jesus, there's so much here. In Luke 15, uh, a certain man had two sons and, you know, the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto him the inheritance. Now, can I hear something? That father had worked for that, this money. Why did he give this son the inheritance when he knew he wasn't able to handle it? It was because he knew that the lessons that the son would learn were more important than the money itself. So he let him take the money, wasted on, the Bible says in verse 13, on riotous living, immoral living, probably having sex with all kind of maidens, uh, with all kind of women. He entered into bad company, but then the money ran out. He found himself in a pig pen feeding pigs. And, and then the Bible says in verse six, uh, 17, he came to himself and said, ma'am, the hired servants in my father's house Man, they're eating 100% better than me. I'll go to him and say, Father, man, I, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. But you know what? I, I just treat me as one of the hired servants. And we, but here's the exciting thing. In verse 20, he rose and came to his father. But while he was a great ways off, listen to me. The father was looking for him, man. The father was looking for him. Every day the father would go out and look for the prodigal. He was looking for him, praying for him. And now he sees him afar off. And man, and this represents Father God. And he ran to him. Man, it's the day God ran. So many Christians, man, we're trying to, we beg God but to come to us. And God's already in motion. He just wants our agreement. Man, hallelujah, that he has run to us through the blood of his son. And now he's running to us to cultivate faith in us so he can run to us again and manifest Oh, according to the needs that we have. He ran to him. God Almighty ran to him. And man, he fell on his neck. Man, this guy was, he, he stunk. His son stunk. He's filled with feces of pigs. And the father didn't matter. He just had to embrace him. Put a royal robe on him. Gave him a, the signet ring. Glory to God through a man the, slew the fatted calf. I'm here to tell you something. God's, man, that's not just a parable for somebody that's not walking for God, with God. It, it is if you're not walking with God and you're listening to my voice now or watching, uh, you know, however you're watching my video. 
I'm here to tell you something. God's running to you, man. He is running to you. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Oh, man. It's just amazing to me. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's so much in the heart of God. So, so let's, again, let's take the quiet time and just use this as an example. <clears throat> so many people struggle with quiet time. They're trying to, to get into the word to get something out of it. It's almost like, all right, I want to get in this thing. And man, maybe as I'm just reading five chapters, you know, God will show up. Can I tell you something? When you come into your quiet time, God's already shown up. See, we walk through the heart of God. God's already showing up. He's already there. He's there. He is so excited to give unto you and I, oh, Jesus, you, you know, wisdom and revelation. He's just waiting for you. But you see, I've shared this over and over again in almost any teaching I give. The key to receiving from God is the reality of being in agreement with God. Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? I want you to understand. Agreeing with God is seeing when you go to your quiet time, he's already there. Man, he's so excited Man, if you go to a, a, a college class and you're paying a lot of money for that class, do you expect the teacher to show up? Or do you go into the classroom and say, man, you know what? I paid a lot of money for this class. You know, I hope the teacher shows up. No, the teacher, the professor is going to show up because that's what he does. I'm here to tell you, God's already there. He's excited. He, he, I'm going to tell you something. Listen to this. <clears throat> he's going to give you revelation just like he gave revelation to Jesus. Jesus, the Bible said he had to grow in his spirit. How did he grow? The Bible, the Bible says in John 6, 57, by eating of the Father. He ate the word under revelation. Oh, glory to God. You, you, someone's saying, you mean to tell me that God Almighty is going to come to me when I come in my quiet time and get in the word of God, just like he came to Jesus, that is exactly what I'm saying. John 17, 26 says that he's going to minister to you just like he ministered to Jesus. So the love that he ministered to Jesus can be ministered to you. Glory to God. Does it make a difference? Man, it makes all the difference. Again, you see, I'm going, to give, I'm going to give a number of examples, but i got to share this because it's the foundation. Someone says, how can God come to me like he came to Jesus? You know, God came to Jesus because his son was perfect. He was righteous. The spirit of God was on Jesus because of the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus was perfect. I've shared this many times, but there's many people named Jesus during the time of Jesus. It was a common name, Yeshua. The Old Testament form is Yeshua, Joshua, Yeshua. But there was only one Christ Jesus. See, there is only one 
that the Spirit of God could come on without measure. There was only one that the Spirit of God could manifest through, oh, black water. There was only one that was anointed. There was only one that was confirmed like Jesus. Why? Because of the perfection of Jesus. The Holy Spirit cannot confirm anything except perfection. He, confirm, he can't confirm anything but righteousness. Well, then how can he confirm you? How can he confirm me? Because the righteousness that Jesus Christ sowed to and his perfection and his death on the cross and his resurrection confirming him, it's now a gift. It's a gift of righteousness. We know in Romans 5, the Bible talks about the gift of righteousness being given to us. Man, it is the greatest gift that can ever be given. It's a gift. The gift of eternal life. You know, when God breathed into Adam, he gifted the very being that he consisted of to Adam in measure. He breathed into him, birthing him through the breath of life. Oh, man. And when Adam and Eve, when they threw away that gift, through exchanging the, the gift of God, the, the, the spirit, the, the image of God himself, the likeness of God himself, they were spirit like God was spirit. Unlike any angel, unlike anything had ever been created prior or ever would be. And they exchanged it for soul life, the knowledge of good and evil. So they could say, now we can determine good and evil. And that's the spirit of the age right now in our nation, in the world. My truth, my truth. No, it's not about your truth. It'll lead, your truth will lead you to hell because it's not truth. It's the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. The only truth that will lead you to heaven is the truth of Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. His word is truth, glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So here's what's so exciting. So we've been gifted. Man, the first thing Jesus did after he rose from the dead and presented his blood to the Father, he breathed on the disciples. The apostles in John 20, 22, just like he did in Genesis 2, 7. Man, he breathed on them so they were birthed. Every time someone's born again, the breath of God through the spirit of the living God, the spirit of life causes your evil nature to be destroyed in an instant and be replaced with the DNA of God, that which is perfect, that which is holy. Ooh, glory to God. Your spirit, that which is righteous. He who knew no sin became sin, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Wow. Someone says, well, how do I sin? Well, you sin through your soul, through your mind, your natural mind, your emotions, your body. You don't sin through your born-again spirit. There's nothing to sin with. How can you sin through righteousness? The incorruptible seed. That's what 1 John 3, 9 is all about. You know, 1 John 3, 8, 9, you, you can't enter into the, the, the sinning, sinning, sinning. Man, because, you know, as you're a believer, if you really know the word of God and the, the truth of God, because his seed, the DNA of God remains in you. 
Man, an apple tree, you know, a seed that produces an apple tree isn't going to produce figs or briars or thorns. It's going to produce the life of Jesus. So here's what's exciting. Because you have entered into a place where you said, you know what? My righteousness is as filthy rags. God, I need what the blood of Jesus procured for me. I need a born-again spirit. God gave it to you. G-A-V-E. He gave it to you. Glory to God. Oh, man. I know we know these verses of Ephesians 2, but again, I'm not here just to tell you what you know. I'm here through the Holy Ghost as a teacher in the body of Christ to get you into the depth of what you know in a way that you never known it before so you can be on fire with God for God in a way that it's Christ that lives in you and not yourself. Man, in Ephesians 2, we understand. You know, the Bible says that verse 5 and 2, 5, and we are dead in sins, he quickened us together by, you know, through Christ, with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Man, you're in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies, so Christ Jesus can be in you and all his glory through the Holy Ghost on the earth. And it goes on to say, by for, this is all true for by grace you've been saved through faith. Man, that it's the gift of God. Not a works that any man should boast. For his, his workmanship created in God and works that he ordained before the world was that we should walk in them. You see, what I was doing for years, this is why I'm so passionate about this. Yeah, did I love God? Yes, but was I seeing the results? I, my heart needed to know. I, I was going before God saying, Lord, I know I'm saved by grace. But man, even, I, I wasn't even aware of it. I was saved by grace but not walking by grace. The Bible says in Colossians, it says you receive Christ Jesus, walk therein. You're saved by grace. No Christian on the face of the earth would think that they're saved by their works. But why do we think that God's going to hear us? He's going to meet our needs because you know what? We try harder than somebody else. Again, there's a balance. You're trying hard. You know what I'm saying? And getting in the word of God is a key. But I'm here to tell you something. You getting into the word of God or even fasting, and I do fast. I get in the word of God lots. I do my part. But what I'm saying is the part you play is the reaction, not the action. You are not the action. The action that saved you was Jesus dying on the cross. And the action that causes you to live, glory to God, is the Spirit of God in you, gracing you, causing the life of Jesus to be manifested in you. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me, who infuses the life of Jesus Christ into me. As I, as I, as I walk according to the word, declaring the word, and now, glory to God, the infused life of Jesus, whoo, is how I live. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me and the life that I now live it's by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me it's by the faith of God amen glory to God I get in the word of God because hallelujah I see he died to give me this word I have a passion for Jesus because he has a passion for me glory to God you see I'm not the action 
And when I go to God trying to, it's like I'm the action. It's not going to work. He is the action. He brings me into the holy place. He brings me into the quiet place. You know why? Because I know he's going to be there. Woo, glory. He's not going to be there because I, I, I was righteous for 10 days or 30 days or 60 days. He's going to be there because, you see, I've been gifted with the righteousness of Jesus. I'm a lightning rod. I said I'm a lightning rod. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm a lightning rod for the glory of God, for the presence of God, for the Holy Ghost, for the favor of God. Why am I a lightning rod? Because the Holy Ghost is attracted to righteousness and I'm the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He looks at me, glory to God, and he says whoa, I see righteousness. I'm gravitating to you. I see a heart that's made right by the blood. I see a born again spirit that's righteous. Whoa, glory to God. I not only indwell you, glory to God, I will confirm you. I will confirm you like I confirmed the son of the living God, not because you deserve it, but because you received the gift. Shh. Glory to Jesus. See, we, we, we need to understand that victory is a gift. Healing is a gift. Ideas in favor to gain wealth, Deuteronomy 8.18, is a gift. Strength to overcome familiar sin, it's a gift. All of salvation is a gift. Now, again, there's a balance. It's a diatheke covenant. It's like 99%, 0.9% God. But we have a part to play. If you don't get in, though, you have a will. But what I'm saying, our will, glory to God, is only powerful when we see the one who, who is willing, who was willing to die for us. It causes our will to enter in to doing what we need to do and our very small part to receive. Again, one of the basic laws of physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You will never be the action. Glory to God, because that would make you God. Only God is the action. Only God has life in himself. He is the vine. You are the branch. Glory to God. We are the branches. He, there's one vine. There's many branches. We are the branches. There's only one vine. Glory to God. He is divine. You want to say the vine or divine? He is divine. Amen. Glory to God. Let, let me give you a couple more examples. Oh, man, there, there's so much here. Oh, man, I want to enter into, we'll see how far I can. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, God will give us wisdom to gain wealth. All right? Now, I, again, you can say, wow, okay, I see that verse, all right? So what I'm going to do, bless God, I, I'm going to come up with something that will gain wealth. Good luck. No, it's not how it works. Man, it's seeing that the idea that you need to enter in to gain wealth is going to be a gift. Now, first of all, you have to see that, you know, tithing and giving offerings is part of gaining wealth. Amen? You have to do what God's told us to do. Amen? Tithes, offerings, first fruits. Amen? But here's the deal. Let me give you an example of a, of a Baptist minister. This, this man loved God. That man, his church was struggling. Financially, he was struggling. And he said, God, I, I, I don't know. I read in your word, Deuteronomy 8.18. You, you give me wisdom to gain wealth. 
And James 1 says he gives the all men liberally the wisdom that we need to have, right? Upbraideth not. And so he said, God, I've tried everything. But God said, you didn't try me. He said, what do you mean? I'm a believer. He said, I tried this. I tried doing this. Tried doing this. God says, but you didn't receive the gift of the idea that I wanted to give you. Can I tell you something? God has millions of ideas. Glory to God. So he said, here's what I want you to do. Again, it's not an unreasonable deal. You don't have, again, I'm not against fasting. One of my best friends, he goes on his 40-day fast, and I tell you, he's a true man of God. I'm not against fasting. But see, I'm against fasting if you're trying to get, to get, to get what's already been given. So he said, all I want you to do, 10 minutes a day, I just want you to lift your hands and just let me fill your mind with an idea that will cause wealth. He said, all right. You know, he honestly, but then he started to get excited about it. Remember I said before, his expectation, excitement, and then effort, and then effect. So he started to get expectant. Woo, glory. See the word. Oh, man, if you're not expectant. See, again, it's faith and expectancy. The reason a lot of people say, well, I believe this, but it didn't come to pass. Well, see, it's one thing to believe, you know, that Jesus gave you victory over a familiar sin. But it's another thing to expect that what you believe is going to come to pass and come to pass now. Faith and expectation. Again, expectation without faith our faith without expectation, it just doesn't work like it's supposed to, man. Faith and expectation. Oh, man, just like an Oreo cookie, right? It's got the chocolate on the outside, got the cream on the inside. You need both. Amen? Faith and expectation. So he just waited on God, this Baptist minister. And, I mean, it's went on for like three months. See, a lot of times we think God is just going to speak something, and he can but usually what I find in seeking direction or even an idea or wisdom and how to cause a church to grow more or whatever, God bears witness. He, you know, he'll have an impression come to my spirit. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord in Proverbs. So a lot of times people miss it. They're seeking direction. I want to hear a voice. I want to hear a voice. Well, the Holy Spirit can speak. But I believe the order of receiving direction is one, the witness of the Spirit. According to uh, uh, Romans 8, 16, the, 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 sp the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Then the voice of the Holy Spirit, witness of the Holy Spirit, voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and then, you know, counsel from others. And then the prophetic word and then dreams and vision in that order. So usually your spirit is taken over. And he began and, and in about six weeks again an impression of a baseball glove. And God began to bear witness for him to get a patent to draw a diagram. He, he was good in this way. And draw and go get a patent for this baseball glove. He said, Lord, there's Spalding, there's Wilson. You know, there is all these big companies that have a myriad of baseball gloves. But just like Peter said, at your bidding, we'll cast the net in the deep. And so he got, he drew this up, got a patent. And you know what? One of the uh, leading manufacturers bought the patent. I mean, for a million dollars, over a million dollars. Amazing. But you see, 
The key isn't just quoting the verse. The key is, is, is causing the verse to bring faith and expectation, excitement, and then us to do what's necessary, praise God, not under obligation, oh Lord Jesus, but under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, knowing it's going to bring in an effect. It's going to be effective. I love that word in James 5, 16. Is it effective? Is it effective? You know, when T.R. Osborne and his wife Daisy, you know, they, they went into ministry in India and they came back with their tails, you know, between their legs, so to speak, and nothing seemed to work. And then a missionary began to teach them, you know, about faith. And they went back again, and a lot of church historians credit to them to being the, the, the you know, the, the father of, uh, and, you know, of, I mean, of mass evangelism. In, a church, in, this, in this church age we're living in, 300 people that deaf mutes never heard or talked in, this, in a minute's time, in a second's time, all heard and talked. 300 blind, never saw, blind from birth in a second's time. Glory to God. That's effective. Amen. Glory to God. I love that word. Effective. Glory to God. But again, why did this man, why was he able to enter into this? Why was God able to give him this idea? Because he's righteous. Ooh, glory. Because he's under grace. Ooh, did he deserve to get the idea? No, he didn't deserve it. We don't deserve anything. Then why did he get it? Because it's a gift. And he, he began to see the idea that he needed, amen, to prosper was a gift. So he began, glory to God. You know what he was doing? When he was going for those 10 minutes, for those three months, he was unwrapping the gift. Woo, glory to God. He was unwrapping the gift. Thank you, Jesus. Life. It's not about trying to become righteous, to get a gift. It's about seeing because we are righteous. We're sons and daughters of the living God that we've been gifted everything in life that we need. It's not about trying to get God to give us a gift. It's about learning to see where the gift is at. Again, it is all about unwrapping the gift. Now, I'm going to share something. I'm going to unwrap the gift through the Holy Ghost, all right? Right now and for you, I, I believe it's going to change your life. Glory to God. Uh, we're going to share on how to enter in the, the, the profound victory. And, and this will lend itself to doing the works of God, to being healed. Now, I'm going to share on the last two variables, healing and doing the works of God in an ensuing session. But I want to see how, you just see how it works. You can sense my excitement. I won't give you three scriptures. I'm going to hear something oh man I think they're gonna blow your mind all right glory to God let's go here let's go to first Corinthians 2 12 it says now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is of God of course talking about the Holy Spirit that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God listen to me Ooh, glory. We just talked about right finding the gift. That it's not about trying to get a gift. It's about letting the Spirit of God show you all that's been gifted to us. And here's a verse that, that shows us its reality. It goes with Romans 8, 16 about being, us being a joint heir with Christ. It says, we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, the Holy Ghost, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, what's been gifted to us. All right. Oh, man, let me give you a strong example. 
<clears throat> I was in a, a certain church. I mean, probably about a thousand people there in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and the altar call, there is, there, there's a couple hundred people came to the altar call for healing and, and different things. And, and my heart through the Holy Ghost went right towards this one man. And one of the elders, he said, man, don't go and pray for this person. I thought, what on earth? The pastor wasn't there. I, I was feeling in for this pastor. And uh, he said, this man, he struggled with pornography for about 15 years. He, he, he comes to older every Sunday, but you, you know what? He just does, he doesn't. He, he's worse off than ever before. <clears throat> and I said, "Just let me talk to him." So I began to talk to him. Lord, I just took a few minutes, and then uh, later he called me up on the phone. I don't, you know, let people do it all the time. You'd have all kind of people talking to you. But here's what I shared with him. I said, "Ma'am, when we were at the altar, I said, God's got provision." I see your heart. Man, you're going to be free and as pure as, as white as snow. He looked at me. And so when we began talking, I took him to this verse. And then I, I took him to 1 John 3, 8, 9. Glory to God. Oh, man, hallelujah. And see, this is, the, this is what the word's about. It's, it's, it's excitement, glory to Jesus. It's what causes expectation. He, and he sensed the excitement in my ver voice, just like you do now. He said, man, you're excited. And I said, man, aren't you? You're going to be excited too once you get what I'm saying. So I began to share with him. You know, that, man, God's not ordained us to, to walk in sin, you know, and because Jesus has destroyed every work of the devil. And I said, Jesus has destroyed the work of pornography in your life. He destroyed the unbelief associated with it. He's destroyed it, the lust of the flesh that came on you when someone gave you that first uh, uh, pornographic uh, visual. Man, he's destroyed it every, he's destroyed it, man. And he said, well, and I said, but he said, I, I just don't think I can have victory. I'm trying and trying. I said, that's your problem. You're trying and trying in your own strength when it's a gift and you just need to open up the gift. He said, what are you talking about? I said, let's look at 1 John 3, 9. He said, here's the gift, man. You're born again spirit. It says, you're born again spirit. Man, it's the seed of God. Man, just like, you know, that apple tree is in the seed. That rose bush is in the seed. The, the, the corn is in the seed seed. I said, purity is in the seed. Woo! I began to get excited. I said, the Holy Ghost is showing you the gift. He's showing it, man, there's a gift, and the gift is, man, purity. I said, there is purity inside of you. All we have to do, glory to God, is open up the gift. He said, keep on talking. I said, I will. Glory to Jesus. So, I, I, man, I, I said, man, in your seed, in your DNA, glory to God, in your DNA. And I gave him the example, like, a, you know, Michael Jordan and how he cultivated the gift. Athletes cultivate the gift. You know, Einstein cultivated the gift of intelligence. And he began to get excited. You see, I, I told you, man, I, I said, ooh, expectation leads to excitement. Glory to God. And he said, show me how to get it out. Show me how to cultivate the seed. Now we're talking glory to God. Now we're entering in the biblical counseling. Now we're entering into biblical wisdom. Glory to God. Rather running around in circles for 20 years. And, and so I said, all right. I said, so it's inside you. Man, the kingdom of God's inside you. I'm, oh, glory to God. I, I said, you know, we, we need to see, see, God's heart 
It's so strong towards you. We're talking about praying through God's heart. I said, Father, God loves you so much. And he knew that you were going to have this struggle in life. So he sent his son, not just to bear, to bear every sin, so he could destroy the sin. He bore the sin of pornography because God loved you so much. In his heart was a need for you to have the purity of Jesus Christ. He said, really? I said, in the heart of the Father. I said, in the heart of the Father was a need for you to have the purity of Jesus Christ. He said, wow, I never saw redemption like that. Glory to God. I said, well, let's go to 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world through the Holy Ghost. He's going to help you to unlock. He's going to infuse into you the purity in that seed. He's going to cause you to enter into the purity of Jesus. And he said, tell me more. I said, I will. And it says, verse John 5, 3, says, this is the love of God. I said, do you love God? He said, oh, more than you know. I said, does it hurt you not being able to enter into victory over the sin? He said, more than you know. He said, I weep day and night. He said, look at this. He said, the commandments of God. And you overcoming pornography fit the commandments of God, keeping the commandments. They're not hard to keep. He said, he said, I can't keep it. I've been doing this for 15 years. What do you mean they're not hard? Well, I said, let's read on. It says, because for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. I said, ma'am, there's two things God wants you to see. One, the purity of Jesus is in you. In your DNA through the new birth. I'm sorry, three things. Second, the Spirit of God is going to manifest that purity. And you've got the faith to believe that he will. I said, and then I said it again. I said three things. I said, number one, glory to God. I said, the purity of Jesus is in your born again spirit. It's the, it's the Holy Ghost's job to infuse that glory to God into you, hallelujah, to make it real, to manifest it. And you've got the faith of Jesus himself in you. Because you're, oh man, it's born of God. Your faith is born of God. You're not, you don't have to try to believe. You're a believer. An apple tree is not out in the apple orchard trying to be an apple tree. Say, apple. No, man. You, no, that's what you've been doing. No, you don't have to strain and groan and try to have faith. You're a believer. You are a believer. You're, oh, glory to God. You know, I gave him scriptures to, to, to look at. Uh, you know, how can a young man keep his way pure? You know, and, and you know, by going into the word, I gave him a bunch of scriptures. Uh, uh, besides these, as God is my witness, man, within four weeks, this man has walked in the purity of Jesus Christ in a way that's amazing. And this is a while ago. And I'm going to tell you something. You can pick him out of a crowd because purity emanates from him. Ooh, glory, if that doesn't get you excited, what will? But see, this paradigm I just shared with you. Man, it's how you overcome familiar sin. But it's how you share the gospel. It's how you get healed. Healing is a gift. It's a children's bread. The ability to win souls, it's a gift. You might not have the gift to be a five-fold evangelist, but you have the gift to be evangelistic. Man, you might have the, not have the gift to be a prophet, but you have the gift to be prophetic. 
Mm, Jesus, I'm here to tell you this. Life is a gift. It all starts with the gift of righteousness. But even before the gift of righteousness was the heart of God. The Father knew the only way that he could laugh us was through the gift of a born-again spirit. He knew what had to be done then to cause all the other gifts to be manifested to us. Jesus had to bore the straps, according to 1 Peter 2.24, for the gift of healing to be loosed. Mm. He had to become sin for every sin you can think of, unbelief, fear, doubt, pornography, sexual lust, adultery, anything you can think of, murder, to be destroyed. Everything God did was based on grace. What is grace? It's you receiving the gift of God, a born-again spirit, and ensuing gifts that come forth from that reality through the gift of his unmerited favor. Glory to God, if you're unsaved now, come on. Receive the gift of eternal life. Receive the gift. Just say right now, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for walking in my own strength and in rebellion, unbelief. I repent of my sin of not following you, giving myself to you. I received the gift of eternal life. I received the gift of a born-again spirit. I received the gift of righteousness. Glory to Jesus. But it all, it all comes through seeing the Father's heart. It all comes through seeing the Father's heart. For God just didn't love the world. He so loved the world that he gave his son. He just doesn't want to meet your needs. He so wants to meet your needs. As only a father can. As only God the Father can. Again, expectation because of the Father's heart. Excitement. Ooh, glory to God. And then putting the effort in because it's a reaction to the expectation and excitement and receiving the effect. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to Jesus for the gift of eternal life, for the gift of salvation, but more than that, for being able to connect with the gift of the heart of God.